This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Does Jesus care how we spend our money? I mean, obviously, He desires that we give into His kingdom work systematically, but does He care how we spend the rest of it? Well, if we read Luke 16 carefully, I think He does. What he says in these verses should inform the way in which we spend the resources that we receive as a measure of our faithful stewardship to God in our whole life, and it has greater repercussions than we at first may realize. Luke 16 verse 13, very familiar verse, no servant can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. On the surface, Luke 16 can be a bit tricky to untangle. It can be confusing because at first it seems a bit random, but as we'll see, all these themes are connected. The chapter begins with a bizarre parable about an unethical manager. After learning that the man has been terminated, the manager goes to his boss's creditors and reduces their debts in exchange for their kindness following his termination. So the people that his boss owed money to, he went to them and said, you owe less money now than you did before. In exchange for this, he hoped that they would show him kindness after being fired. Ironically, his boss commends him for his dishonesty, and Jesus seems to be doing the same. It's a very puzzling start to the parable. The parable's application ends with the famous no man can serve two masters section. And then Jesus scolds the Pharisees for not accepting the kingdom of God and refusing to enter it. Then Jesus turns to the matter of divorce for one sentence. And then the famous story of Lazarus and the rich man ends the chapter. The whole thing is a bit disjointed and confusing. Until you understand that the gospel authors laid these stories next to each other for a purpose. And when taken as a whole, the storylines begin to emerge and teach us a valuable lesson. You see, part of the Pharisees' problem is that their greed precluded them from entering the kingdom of God. They were filled with pride, and that pride and greed seemed to be the heart of their problem. God found this revolting in verse 15. He accuses the men of being lovers of money, obviously by implication serving the wrong master. This greed precluded them from entering the kingdom of God that was being proclaimed right before their eyes. Jesus' teaching illustrates the value of what is really important, and he gives us the key to interpreting the parable in verse 9, which reads, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of worldly wealth, so that when it fails, they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. You see, Jesus calls us to leverage our worldly wealth that is going to pass away 
by generously giving it to others in a way that has kingdom benefits eternally. One commentary says Jesus is encouraging his followers to be generous with their wealth in this life so that in the life to come, their new friends will receive them into eternal dwellings. You see, God is challenging us to invest the temporal wealth that we have for eternal gain for the kingdom's sake. That means giving into God's work and God's kingdom such that men and women will come to faith in Jesus Christ and live eternally. In other places, Jesus warns his followers about using what had been entrusted to them on their own selfish desires. Instead, as faithful managers, we are to use what God has given to us to pursue his kingdom purposes. We shouldn't waste the resources that God has given us frivolously, but instead should see them as resources that God has entrusted to us to be used for his purposes. We shouldn't waste them dishonestly by squandering all of them on ourselves. This dishonesty was precisely what the Pharisees were doing, and it spoke to their inability to receive the kingdom that was coming because of it. Because of their love of money and greed, they could not enter the kingdom. They had instead, watch it, divorced themselves from their first love, which was God. They were instead committing adultery on God with this money. They loved it more than God because they were using it frivolously on themselves rather than using that money to pursue the kingdom's purposes of God in the world. The money that they had been entrusted with likely would have been the temple offerings that were given to God from the people. And these Pharisees who were responsible for using it were instead making themselves rich off of it. Such greed and adultery would preclude them from owning up to their sin and turning from it, and thereby receiving the kingdom that was to come. As a result, they would lift their eyes in hell, like the rich man at the end of the story, and the sinners, spoken critically of in Luke 15, would rest in Abraham's bosom. This greed that so gripped their soul had caused them to commit spiritual adultery and divorce themselves from the kingdom of God that was in their midst. They were instead wasting this money that they had been entrusted on themselves, which spoke to the core issue of their unbelief and their wholehearted rejection of the kingdom of God. Now there is a lot to apply here. Because we can convince ourselves that all we have is ours and that we have earned it. And we can get so incredibly entitled in wasting the money that God has given us and the resources and the time and the health that we waste it frivolously and forget that we will stand before God with how we used what he entrusted to us. We have this short-term memory. And we don't realize that eternally we will be held in account for how we have spent our lives. And we can get so steeped in our temporal selfishness that we actually can end up serving the wrong master, finding ourselves in danger of spiritual adultery, and eventually potentially divorcing ourselves from the lover of our souls. 
Now, as a church, how we spend God's money matters. Do we foolishly use these resources to create our own little kingdom, erecting buildings and raising funds to further our own adulterous machinations? It is so easy to resource our own little domain, much like the Pharisees did. But is this why God commanded us to give into his church? Or is there a bigger, more global goal of the gospel and making disciples in mind? We have to ask ourselves whether we use the resources that God has given us to further God's kingdom, both in our city and abroad, or do we waste them foolishly on ourselves and run the risk of divorcing ourselves from the lover of our own souls? What percentage of our budget goes to missions and outreach locally and abroad. How much do we spend on ourselves? We had better ask ourselves these questions now and make the adjustments necessary before we stand before God and he asks them of us. How, how do I use the resources that God has entrusted to me on a personal level is a secondary application here. We only have so many days with our kids. We only have so many dollars in our bank account. We only have so many hours in a day. We only have so many opportunities to teach the Word of God. We only have one life. We only have one family. How are we using it? Are we wasting these opportunities selfishly chasing after our own desires? Or are we steering every moment, every dollar, every ounce of influence, every word toward kingdom purposes and making disciples? God has a kingdom purpose for our marriage, for our kids, for our ministry, for our teaching, for our days. Are we pursuing those or do we waste time when we should be studying? Or would we rather watch a ball game than spend time with our wife? Or would we rather play on our phone than play with our kids? What if we saw our selfishness as the spiritual adultery that it is? How much different would we spend each day? So Jesus, forgive us of our selfishness with all that you have given us. Help us to be faithful managers who store up treasures in heaven. Help us to leverage our wealth our resources, our influence, our relationships for kingdom purposes today. Help us to make every moment count and every conversation productive. Help us to be present in every situation and redeem it for the kingdom's sake. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.